0: This is In Search of the Pluriverse. We are Sophie Krier
1: and Eric Wong. Join us on our quest for a world in which many worlds fit.
0: We were invited by Het Nieuwe Instituut to be the first curators of their traveling academy.
1: You can follow us online at pluriverse.hetnieuweinstituut.nl
2: we backed as fast message. as we could uphill. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome back. Welcome back, dear listeners. You've tuned in to our new episode called Fluid Selves, Fluid Berlin. Uh, and this is an episode in our search for the plurivers uh, in which we, Eric Wong and myself, Sophie Krier, uh, came here to search for fluid ways of being, fluid identities in this city which um, on one hand... Has been divided into parts for a part of its history, Uh, but on the other hand, is a place where many ways of being and maybe even all kinds of explorations, sexual explorations, but also others, uh, were allowed to surface at a certain point in its history in the Weimar Republic. And the question is, of course, how fluid is Berlin really today? Is that an assumption that we brought along? and what is that fluidity, and is it a fluidity that allows futures with a future, as designs for the pluriverse tries to uh, imagine? Uh, or is it a fluidity which actually is precarious also, because it means that energy leaks out, uh, and things don't consolidate. Um, so today with us, as I mentioned, is uh, Sabine Zahn. Welcome, Sabine. Um, And the estranging part of Berlin, Sabine, around Alexanderplatz is currently your research ground. You're a body researcher. I don't think you use the term choreographer to describe
2: it. I use the term choreography and choreographer. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. We noticed that you are into... uh, blind spots transition areas connections disconnections Um, and over the years you've explored physical tactics uh, of navigation in in a variety of places you have a link to Colombia also because you worked in the city of Medellín 2018-21 we know that you are going to meet up with Tomás Espinoza (laughs) our other guest uh, after this traveling academy episode ends uh, so we're very happy that you have a connection there uh, and this year, uh, 2021, you were appointed fellow in the DAS graduate program in Amsterdam. That's a three-year trajectory. Uh, it includes mentorship and everything. So we'll be getting to that at the end of this, of this talk. But first of all, uh, let's, start, let's start with that. Um, on Friday, you had a, a, another cap on. You were our vertical field trip guide. And uh, we recorded um, your instructions for our listeners
2: how I approach the, the assignment of the vertical field trip um, is to say, okay, I invite you into this practice, and we will do something that um, I, bef- some time before, called a workshop. So it is a mixture of a trajectory that we take together that is also uh, based on instructions that I will invite you into. Um, and there's different parts of this um, workshop so the first thing is we'll move outside with these different things I will continue talking I will also be the one spatially that kind of is your compass <laughs> so even if you take your own routes be aware where we are and where I am because there is a, there's a dramaturgy of place basically that I want to take you through It's not very elaborate. It's not about that, but it's that we keep on that we have this understanding. Okay, we we move somehow in the same direction, and then we'll come back here, and we will engage in some kind of notation, and in some kind of reflection with one another or telling one another.
1: And uh, we have a, a couple of audio notes to self from the participants. Uh, We're very curious how you, as a guide, uh, also, you already said it a little bit in your own uh, note to self, but how do you look back on it uh, right now, like two days
2: later? Uh, Well, yeah, I came up with the term host and who hosts whom and who guests whom. (laughs) It's funny that the word guest seems to have no verb. Sam uh, be a guest or you can host someone yeah i was thinking about that because um somehow i was wondering who's hosting who it like it seems like a stacked in a stacked uh set of relationships where this question of hosting came up and through hosting the question of um maybe through maybe hosting is a way of our start of worlding also one of the ways to describe hosting was you You invited me, I invited you, I invited myself into Fischerinsel, and then I invited you onto Fischerinsel. You know, there's this... uh, And then through these different types of invitations that that go like vectors that are not all in the same direction. Mm -hmm. You know, people that are living on Fischer Insel have to host us in a way. (laughs) In that moment that we are crawling on the floor in their neighborhood, you could say. You could see it from that perspective. I don't really see it from that perspective, but that is one of the possible ones. Um, Yeah, the Insel hosted us. I mean, she didn't throw us off. Yeah, exactly. And that was one of the let's say attempts that i was interested in also that's how i also used in a way your invitation to see okay that's i'm usually interested in that so that's not a new thing but it's a new circumstance and it's a new place and and every new place that i approach i um it's not obvious to me that it works, you know. And there's a lot of reasons why I also thought, oh, my <laughs> maybe it's difficult here, maybe it's not going to work. So I put a lot of effort in trying to make it work. And then also, it, you know, there's different reasons. It's, do you click on the practice? Can I can I really invite you into the game of it? Um, can I invite some pleasure and joy? Because I really believe that this brings a lot of productivity and makes a lot of things possible. Do people accept that? I read about Fischer Insel while working there, f- preparing for you. So I was also in doubt and a little bit at the weather. It was another thing that I, we spoke about a lot. It's not very inviting at the moment. Um, and what I was very happy about was that um, for me, it was really like a transformational moment And this time I felt it's like a vice-versa transformation. I was very, very happy to get back into doing a workshop. I realized I hadn't been doing it for a long time in meaningful circumstances, because it's not really about only that workshop, it's really about, yeah, as I said, somehow... What what surfaces uh, and what emerges. Yeah, what emerges and how it can travel on, potentially. Mm.
0: Well I think the blind spot was really well chosen because Thomas for instance who is a Berliner he felt really estranged in his own city and again at the same time feeling at home um but that was the quality of the location you chose it was familiar also for us as strangers familiar elements and at the same time a, a, a corridor to with no center or an ideal uh, practice ground, I guess, mm. for us as a group mm. to do the city or to feel the city. Mm-hmm. Mm. So thank you for that. Welcome.
1: And now we're sitting on the steps slightly humid <laughs> <laughs> steps,
0: I can feel it. I don't know how long we're going to keep this <laughs> up, to be honest.
2: You can also start
1: <laughs> You can feel that these circumstances are right now inviting enough, but like within half an hour, 45 minutes, it's going to get cold. So we have a kind of weather timer on this discussion, mm-hmm. I think, which is very nice. Um, we are here, uh, Sabine, in floating campus, floating university, uh, by the Tempelhof, we just uh, biked in about 15 minutes from Berlin-Mitte uh, to get up here. There, it's an interesting site, and we're looking out at it. We're now on the doorsteps to the newly built sauna. Not hot yet, <laughs> unfortunately, on this November day. Um, and uh, three years ago, you told us uh, Raumlabor, among others, was one of the, the groups that started this initially as a temporary program six months i believe but then it became so popular that it got extended and year after year the site keeps changing and new additions are made pavilions are unbuilt and rebuilt and you can feel that here you can feel that there's a a lot of negotiation (laughs) taking place a lot of building a lot of energy also Uh, it's really quite beautiful to see and also all the different i'm looking at one pavilion that is hosting the toilets another one that is hosting something like the library one that is like an outdoor screening, um, a kitchen, outdoor kitchen. So there, there's a lot happening here, and we were, we know that you were a member of the foundation that ha- was set up um,
2: a year ago, I think. No, three as association three years ago. Directly, okay. yeah. So yeah, as soon as you used let's say the first um, finishing of the first trajectory of the first phase, in the same year the foundation was. Uh, the foundation the association was founded yeah Yeah. 2018 and um we came here
1: with you uh, a week ago we were here before the whole search for the pluriverse (laughs) where the rest of the group started and we really wanted to see this site uh, with you Mm -hmm. and you told us then we were standing up there on that tower Mm -hmm. um you said that you learned many things on this site that this is a site of learning, but it has also been really a site of learning for you. What, what kind of things have you learned here that, that that matter to you or that you feel are of value uh, for you, your
2: life, your work? Mm, I'm still in the process of finding out because uh, as it's a very complicated. You know it's for first of all it's four years so in four years or three and a half years a lot of things happen it's, it, then there's always it's already something to figure out what is you know to condense the meaning of it um, but also because it's an association and it's the whole process of both building an association finding the links of how people work together for what and within the city in a you know in a very exposed not necessarily from the site itself but from um, Let's say the famousness also, you know, people know about it. It's it's a desirable place. There's a lot of different desires that connect different ones, sometimes similar, but also very different. So um, for me, it was also, or it is an ongoing process of finding out um, how I really connect to this type of placemaking, because my own placemaking takes place in different practices. And uh, one of the things, and I'm not ready to say what I really learned. I think I'm generally, since this year, I, I found more of a conceptual, practical connection, thinking of it as a learning site. It is a learning site deeply for everyone and in, in their different desires and practices. Um, but I'm, one thing that I'm really also through my own life and through COVID, it the, the what can you learn, or how does learning take place within, uh, through sites and through taking care of sites, or through dealing with sites, and through being outdoors? It sounds super simple in a way, but I think in our great modern society, there is something about this. Um, Uh, Uncomfort that you need to like we did on the boat, right? You really need to deal with the site, and it it's an obstacle. It's an infrastructure that's not serving you in a way that the infrastructure itself disappears, and that that maybe is a clear link between my practice and floating, because here the infrastructure is a continuous struggle, and it takes, as you said, a lot, a lot, a lot of energy to maintain the most simple things like running water and toilets and warmth. Um, But on the other hand that is something we have to face in general. And in my own work, I deal with it differently, but that's a similar issue.
0: Yeah. I think for our listeners, it's, it's important to, to, to paint a picture of where we are exactly. Because uh, you say it's a desirable place and it represents really well. So if people look it up, floating university, you see these beautiful pictures and it is a beautiful place. Um, and I see a lot of prototyping going on. So we're in this basin, we're in a sort of a water reservoir. The, building, the buildings look very temporarily, but at the same time they have a very defined quality, an architectural quality. Can you say, can you say a little bit more about what's so desirable about this place of learning and who learns?
2: I think the desire, the, the first uh, desires that are connected with it is really people come here and they associate it with the place of nature, uh, with a place of peace, you know, um, with a place of settling, of almost meditative in a way, but in a very light way, without the, you know, really like an inviting place to, like we do now, to sit here and to calm down to be slower and you know all the things that we always miss in life <laughs> and it seems that the site itself also with the buildings but also without the buildings seems to emerge or provide that even you know and people also the the students come here there's a there has been and is an ongoing um, academic collaboration program with st- groups of students that come with or without their teachers um There is the kids' only. There is uh, different festivals that also include. They're not really showing works sometimes. Yes, but it is always in a process that the process and there the learning takes place continuously. Um, So there is in the first place. I think people come here because there is some kind of both a peace and an open, uh, comforting openness about it, and. And the feeling that you can reconnect to whatever nature is for you, even though we all know—and this is the quality, the great quality of the basin—is this is not an, a so-called na- nature space. It's a totally man-made Anthropocene world, and this is the water you look at is not a thing to put your feet in because it's toxic. Uh, it contains a lot of junk. We don't see it, but it's there. Um, so all the problematics that are at stake are here and still there is something of the space that provides us a certain kind of
1: peace. Mm. I just wanted to jump on this toxic water mm-hmm. thing because it's true that uh, as you were explaining the desire for this space, a, a meditative space or a space to kind of recollect ourselves, mm-hmm. it's a round basin, right? So there is something here mm-hmm of um that makes it peaceful at the same time noises of the football fields are (laughs) are seeping in um there is also like you can see now because there are no leaves on the trees so you can see all the little sheds of the allotment gardens all around so you can also see oh yeah we're not in the middle of nowhere there's neighbors we passed a couple of graveyards uh, on our way up here but um you also told us that what's at stake right now uh Among others, because I guess of the toxic water, a toxic quality of the water, is that there is a project to rewild the basin. Mm.
2: Um, Yeah, um, I had to think about the, uh, you know, the German word for graveyard means Friedhof. And it has, because it is umfriedet, it is sheltered. And this shelter provides a certain kind of peace. So we did a project in the first year with students comparing floating to. Or putting floating in relation with the graveyard, and the graveyard usually also has this one entrance that can close, but is public at certain times. So there is some correlations that I find interesting there. And it, yeah, you know, the neighbors is there, but at the same time you're sheltered also from the neighbors, right? You don't have to see them and meet them all the time. Um, and um, yeah, so the but the rewilding project let's say is in our understanding of floating a kind of euphemistic term, it seems to describe something that we all desire and simultaneously in our concrete circumstances that actually means um, means a way of first of all of a good excuse to put us all out in order to physically change the basin it means at the same time that they talk about rewilding it means that they will take all the reed of all the animals that are living in the reed and that have in the last three years that the reed is growing in the same way that we are here because they didn't um, take it out in the last three years. So a lot of the rewilding has been going on by itself, yeah. basically. Um, we also had Gutachten made, uh, which we had to make and then certain other things came out, what's growing what is, here. What is Gutachten? It's uh, is there when you need to have a certification, so... Yeah, people have to come and check what types of plants and animals are living here. So we have this and we know much more than than they knew before. So we know that there is species that... Not very many, (laughs) but there is one species that needs to be protected. And so we found out a lot about this world rewilding because we were here. So um, the rewilding here means actually to throw any program making, any learning, any meeting of people, any publicness of this place out and to create a system where the water can directly go into the ground because it's a buffer system so far, so the water that is here flows out. Now with the revolving, the idea is that the, buffers, uh, that, that the water uh, dissolves into the ground. But as you said, the water is toxic. So the question is, does toxic water go directly into the ground? The reed keeps it slightly more clean. Uh, And then it will be in a way not a rewilded area, but a kind of industrialized, you know, controlled golf lawn. That's what we think, um, what the actual idea is behind it, a golf lawn thing that you can keep in control and a very steady thing without people being here. So it ceases to be a learning site for exactly all the problems that we have, right? And that we need to learn to face, yes, right? Exactly. This contaminated and that, that, anthropocene. The
0: durability yeah. needs to continue, right? So, yes. what, what would the future for floating look like if it were up to you?
2: Oh, that's the big question we are all dealing with at the moment. Um, because let's say they say, "Yeah, great, stay here," and they would also, s- and then the question is, where does the money come from? There's no institutional funding, so we have no steady funding at all. Um, um, yeah difficult to know me personally I'd be interested to bring some of the discourses that I'm busy with into here which I felt in the last years that's not the place really Um, which is why also in the first place I I struggled answering your question what did I learn because it wasn't so much in my central trajectory right even though I'm very busy with it um but for me, this question of learning and also the physicality, you know, what, what the body and the physi- the, the sense making through paying attention to embodied actions and the actions that evolve out of that and also the different types of people that come here and visit. And for that, it's such a great space, right? You come here, I bring other people here. Everybody that's in the association brings a lot of people here. So there is some kind of an overlapping thing through the site. The site becomes the connective tissue, And that is a fantastic quality. And I would like to keep, or I would like to not keep, rather to stay in the dynamics of that and find a good way to do it. And then the seasons play a role also here, right? Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Finding a good way to to have a site, connect different uh, communities, different groups, different thinkers, makers, It's one thing to do that in the Mm. summer and it's another thing to do it in the winter. (laughs) We're kind of like Mm. dressed up and packed (laughs) up in layers for this.
0: You know, I think this moment in the year is very learnful. I've, I've learned here something that I haven't, that I didn't know before or I felt something. It was really about sensing. And that is this sort of change from autumn to winter and it is cold, it's harsh and all these buildings look very inviting and friendly and they're connected by this beautiful well-made boardwalk i think that's also and it's floating is in this sort of lower mm-hmm. it feels safe or in a sort of a yeah yeah how would you say it we a, a pan something like
2: nine Meters below the normal ground of Berlin—that's one, uh, one of you know—that's one way of describing it, and it's a little bit.
0: It's sort of a cozy hole in the ground, you could say. But at the same time, we were walking in the in the and we, we were visiting the houses or the buildings or the structures here, and there's no so it, it looks and feels like a house with desks and papers on it and and cupboards. <laughs> And at the same time, it, there's no warmth, you really miss the hearth, you know, you, you, you suddenly feel, oh, that's why mankind invited the hearth as a central point for a house, because it's, you feel, you feel really sort of, I don't know, there's something essential missing, but that missing is for me an essential learning moment or an experience, you could say. And that's why I was I was so um, um, surprised by the guys building the sauna here because they brought light, they brought sounds, they brought warmth, and uh, I think this place, uh, the success of this place is that it shows everything so yeah. directly.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. How how is this winter practicing? Let's make a move to your own yeah. practice. How, how does this question of uh, practicing in the body, because you practice in public space with, mm. with your own practice, How do you tackle that uh, in, through, in your own practice, the, the different seasons, this kind mm. of the moment when it gets hot, mm. the moment when it gets cold, and, and how the city accommodates or doesn't accommodate that?
2: Mm.
1: I, I'm, I'm guessing that Berlin, as cold as it is now in November, it can also get super hot with the continental weather. Mm. In the in the summer, so how how do you include
2: like the weather in your in your practice? Mm. How do you? That's a beautiful question because we never we deal with it and we never really it. Ad- I mean, I address it through the practice, through dealing with it myself. But um, so far, it has almost been in all the conversation and term finding and def- trying to articulate the practice. It has not had its own space. Mm. Only with Benoit I thought once I needed to include the circumstances of both the pandemic and the weather because it changed the city, you know. I started actually doing that practice, as I said, I think two days ago, I had to remember that I started working with the solo practice in the winter. (laughs) which now for me seems quite crazy. I continue to do it and it was a kind of a survival strategy in the beginning. It was really like I... The same way that I moved out of the studio or of, you know, trying to find anything interesting and moving within a studio of emptiness. (laughs) Um, The same... I needed to go out and be in touch much more again with the outside. The same way I think going finding ways to practice in the winter is also a survival strategy to to not cease making sense and being with the city in winter time which here is a long time right i can't just stay six months indoors fucking hell (laughs) on the other hand of course that's that is something to deal with so yes on the one hand i lay my projects in the summer season because it's not only about me in that case it's really about collaborating with other artists taking care of their bodies providing longer times of being outside than than i would have in the winter and then it's about you know if it's performative projects it's about the question of the guests and i try to place it in in the seasons that are more comfortable where i can have more focus on all the other challenges uh, but I'm interested to find in the long course, that's one thing. Uh, uh, one of the things that is not resolved and not really tackled is to, yeah, to invent the ways of being with the city in the winter. Because if we talk about city life, it doesn't cease, you know, just because it's six months. Hmm.
1: Can I read something? Which I think fits very nicely with what you said. It's about uh, making the city, mm-hmm. which you've actually come uh, to to describe as doing the city uh, through another project that we'll get to in a second. Making the city is a wildly used term in urbanism. In the course of working, I started to think that doing might be a more helpful term to understand some distinct qualities of what we and I did here. And you are speaking with the we and I, and what you did, you're speaking of the group that took part in Stadtweiten, um, Weiten, Erweiten, uh, so uh, in Dutch, Stadsuitbreiding, <laughs> and in English, City Expansion, you could say, or, or Expanding the City, mm-hmm. because it's a verb, I mm-hmm. think, that you used, um, which was a series of workshops. You called them labs, uh, pra- Praxis Labor, or Praxis mm-hmm not remember exactly which term you used. Um, but four, four workshops with every time a whole group and out of which came a super interesting publication that uh, you can find online, that our listeners can find online. And in which, um, yeah, this little text is one part of you reflecting on the whole Stadt Erweiten uh, project. Uh, but we were interested in a couple of the... Um, because you you worked with scores mm-hmm. in that project, such as Airflow audio recorder a little bit what like the situation i'm in right now i'm listening to myself in a kind of (laughs) augmented way and i also hear a bird all the time and so do the listeners there's a cheap bird i just heard it now again and it makes a very strange sound maybe when we hear it again we can tell the listener (laughs) what it is um here it was there again did you hear it
0: I just totally block those sounds out.
1: Oh yeah,
2: Nico. <laughs> <laughs> the sound recorder I is I exactly about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's put the bird on the left. <laughs> <lap, laughs>
2: yes. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about some terms uh, because yeah. we were now speaking about directionality and uh, the Alexander technique, but out of your or out of your week labs, the Praxis labor you talk, you called them. Uh, and, and a whole set of terms emerged mm. uh, which were then described by the participants I think and I, I found the descriptions of your participants about dwelling, neighboring, drifting but also threshold for example super interesting uh, descriptions and I was wondering what f- for you was maybe the what was the word apart from like making the, sh- the shift from making the city to doing the city mm-hmm. what is for you a word that really kind of uh, surfaced during during that work which is recent you did that during the pandemic right mm-hmm. Stadt erweitern yeah um
2: maybe there's two words uh, I mean we are also neighboring is a word that that started before the first project Frempkin that I kind of um uh encountered really or encountered me Nachbarn um but uh, it has been traveling then through this project of Fremdgehen, and uh, there's a score attached, like there's a kind of a small score, a practice. Um, but it was then finally reinvented without knowledge by my collaborator, Alice Choucha. Um And only in this term making we found out, I, mean, I knew, but we didn't, we never discussed it, that, that that there were two ideas of neighboring all of a sudden in the space, but neighboring seemed from that other perspective it emerged newly, let's say, and I still think that it's it's um it's a very interesting term I love neighbors, I love the relationship to neighbors uh and in the course of neighboring a neighborhood emerges right, and that is an action that comes through direct relate- like relating but Direct in the sense that, um, uh, yeah, as a as a colleague, arantashi she always says when we do the imagery, it's a neighbor, is not a lover, and it's not your family, you know. Is is your there's something of being next to each other, and acknowledging each other, but is is, and out of this something emerges, and it's yeah. So that's one thing. The other thing is dwelling that I that I kind of adopted for this work, Stadterweiten. Uh, also with Alice in this lab, and that I then thought, uh, oh, we need to continue working on that.
0: But is that maybe what your practice is uh, in essence about, is that through these bodily experiences, um, you get to understand things we think we know at a much deeper level, because we all know what a neighbor is on a superficial level, level, but when you feel it and I know we all know what warmth is but here I realized through the absence of warmth what it really means because it was linked to to a homely structure and the warmth was not there is it the same for these these very essential words like neighbor or dwelling Mm -hmm. or drifting
2: (laughs) yeah that you get a
0: better understanding of, of yeah it sounds a bit grandiose but what it means to be alive
2: uh not sure if it's a better understanding, but maybe it's um the term comes alive. And it's as it's as it's um as it comes out of a practice, something that you lived, a situation that you lived, a situation that you dealt with, that affects you, that you you know, that you remember, and as we said yesterday, it's not only a memory, it's an active memory. So, something that's that potentially stays with you and influences your the way that you are with the present now that has a connection for me to the future. You, you know, you facilitate something, you take care of something that that uh, can travel on. Um, so maybe it's more this that there is a type of a new activation you know or because like I guess before a neighbor, Nachbar, yeah as a Nachbar you know it's like yeah we yeah as a Nachbar is a Schrebergarten it, it doesn't mean anything really to me but then it connects to a certain type of work or a certain type of experience let's say and then it becomes also more articulate and then I can value it much better and I think this is uh, I mean, not value in terms of good or bad, but it, it's an entity. You know, it is something that that exists, really, and I think that's something that the uh, doing city or that this practice, um, um, for me, is 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 something that's essential for me in the practice. That it surface is not only a term but, but possible ways of relating and therefore spaces and therefore again possibilities how to continue you know, life finally
0: So it's also a, a sort of a school of life or a reference for how to deal with all these things around us that are happening right now yeah. I mean we followed you a little bit in your life so we've, we've um, visited this conference the other night yeah. which was about the future of the city and making the city um, and we came here as usual with our, you know, sort of positive assumptions about that Berlin is this, still this great place of possibilities and fluidity. And, um, but you made quite clear to us, but also, you know, the things that we saw, that fluidity has a positive side in the sense that it makes flowing possible, but it doesn't say in which direction it flows and there's a lot at stake at the moment, so maybe we could spend the last part of this talk um, about what that stake is and what what is so precarious right now.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, and we are sitting here in floating, you know, which seems also such a beautiful, somehow well-maintained place, and and um, we had to make this year just an example in the last months clear we had to make clear to everybody that it is in great danger because no one really believed it because we do our job seemingly despite all the precarity so well that you know it looks like it's fantastic the world is great and it's great of course you know it has a potential this imagination but on the other hand and that's why this conference took place and the symposium and the manifest that they want to manifest through that is um, to make clear that this is a very that we all need to. First of all, we all need to connect. That's why this conference is also important to connect all the different actors. Again, we know each other. You know, some are new. Some know each other for 20 years. Um, but you need. We need to really get together to create a kind of power in order to say, look this is in a continuous thread not floating but all these type of city making in that sense you know including city doing and all of the practices that are important and that carry a lot of knowledge and expertise in how Maybe to continue in your ter- in your terminology, to continue having a good flow, a desirable flow, a productive flow, a nourishing flow of fluidity. You know, and not a fluidity that kind of drains exactly the let's say, um, quen, the, 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 the sources, the sources from which this fluidity brings life. Now I'm talking a lot in the symbol, yeah. In these kind of uh, symbolist terms, but in a way that I think this is a continuous struggle. So I was thinking this morning I was thinking about fluidity uh, because I wanted to ask you what's your really what's really your understanding of this term. And and, um, but I think here it it does mean in both a good way of challenge and in a very precarious way of struggle. It means struggle also, you know. It means. keeping the thing alive in order to continue and to grow and that's not self-evident
0: no and it's, and it's also you, you, you used the metaphor of the super thin layer of, of, of uh, fertile soil um, so the space within we can be fluid <laughs> is like super thin yeah, yeah. and it's being attacked from all sides so the, 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 the you know the pressure is on. You-
2: yeah and I think so so somehow maybe this is really a good metaphor. Um so somehow we need you know like bacteria and all these different microprocesses we really need to connect to keep this alive. So that's another work um and that's why I'm here and floating also, you know, um because as I said it's not my direct practice doesn't take place here so far for different reasons. Um but it sustains me, and I need to sustain this as part of this wider um, fertile ground. <laughs> Working on the fertile ground thing, practice. Yeah, I, I think the
1: fact that you are involved in this and have been involved in this, it's, it nourishes you as a being. And of course, you are not only you are on, not only a body researcher or mm. a choreographer. You know, you mm. you, you are human, <laughs> yeah. deeply human, and um, in the reader that we. Uh, sent you for these three days there was that beautiful text by uh, Arturo Escobar on how we can re-earth the cities mm-hmm. and he used a term that I actually liked a lot which was earth-wise design oh, yes. that we need earth-wise yeah. design so I thought oh yeah what is the wisdom of earth that design actually mm. then should learn from without going into you know biomimicry and, because of course there has been a lot of that already but I thought, oh yeah, earth, earth-wise design mm. also directs the gaze to mm. um, that thin layer of soil that we, we just have to learn to make more soil, <laughs> yeah. more yeah. good soil and more soil that is alive indeed, that mm. is alive and, mm. and thriving. Mm-hmm. The cold is creeping in, so... Yeah, the um, sun
2: has just set.
1: Yeah. It's We're uh, we're entering the blue hour that we're all <laughs> still in love. So we've really come full circle because we were here around this time. Exactly. A week and ago. our
2: first talk was also during the blue hour, no? Yeah, exactly. Uh, online talk. In
1: yeah. the next years, uh, uh, Sabine, as we mentioned at the beginning, you have been appointed along with um, five others, six others. Uh, I believe you've been appointed a fellow at the DAS graduate program in Amsterdam. So that means you'll be traveling every three months or so. Uh, for the coming three years to Amsterdam meeting up with those other fellows sharing your practice with them and vice versa Mm. Um, yeah what's how do you see that happening that journey it's quite it's quite a new journey and Mm. do you have expectations of it of what it can bring you or Mm. do you enter that journey with a specific question at this point
2: Mm. Um, there's two things that um, that that are at stake somehow, and and one is that for me, Das, as far as I can see, it is something that's rooted. It's a it's an it's an own ecosystem that is rooted very much in artistic research. So in researching and in the arts, and through the arts and through different disciplines in the arts, um, and for me, this is a place uh, of of reconnecting to somehow this, um, how you say, it's somehow an important source. Also, you know, a place and a source, something where I can, where I don't have to deal like here. You know, I don't have to deal with all the practicalities of a place, for example, or of setting up a work. You know, it's just this, where I can be more really questioning the questions and finding out the questions better, and where there's space and feedback and um and mirroring or reflecting of that. Uh, on the other hand, that's something that I'm now thinking more and more about it. The questions that have become much more apparent through that is um that kind of I need this as a strengthen as a as a Rückendeckung, uh, you know, as a like strengthening from the back, but in order to move on. And the moving on is for me is not so much in the arts fields. Um it's I'm not working for the arts field. I'm looking for how an autonomous way of, you know, a really autonomous practice in the good sense, not in the bubbled sense, but in the sense of the freedom that this brings and the potential that it brings, how that can uh, connect and feed and and correspond to let's say very broadly the world you know in my sense in my case it's probably urbanistic processes that I'm very interested in because there is a certain type of planning into the future that is totally different from what I do but we I think there is a lot of correspondences and for me what I would so much like to find out on a much more permanent base is to to see how that can really feed into each other in order to re-earth city, to use this term, because that means a different understand of processing. And we all need to find it out. I, I, I don't have the recipe because I don't have certain knowledges. And, you know, we need to find this out together. And I think this can only be through a well-understood, well-maintained correspondence and inter- mutual interest. And and I need that somehow. <laughs> um to be to find this way or to open that way
0: well and I think the city needs you or people like you to to do to do this type of research to um, to sort of sense because it's all about sensing and formulating um, yeah where the space is to to develop Mm -hmm. but also where the threats are and how to deal with those and it sounds all a little bit vague, but I think it's um, by sensing and, and, and doing these practices uh, where the body meets the city, it gives so much information. Mm-hmm. And that's where your practice, which is quite autonomous, links very much to to places like this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So... Yes, yeah, so <laughs> going from the micro to a different dimension, but it's really the micro. No, we could From the practice we could speak about specific moments and try to and then i think you unwrap it and unwrap really? it and then you it links very clearly but it starts in the micro yeah
1: it starts in a very specific point yeah
2: and uh, sometimes in simple things you know like lifting your foot or <laughs> leaning against a tree changing your weight yeah exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> roll over
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank
1: you sabine for this wonderful talk
0: in Search of the Pluriverse is part of the Travelling Academy, an initiative of Het Nieuwe Institute in close partnership with the Consulate General in Istanbul and embassies in Germany, Morocco, Spain and the UK. The Travelling Academy brings together makers from these regions and the Netherlands to learn how formal and informal ways of knowing can support each other in tackling ecological, political, and spatial issues.